coming out of this podcast. Just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And we're going to talk about the shenanigans with John Morant. And we're going to talk about how y'all seem to forget about Paul. But first, these Republican primaries have been hilarious to me. They, they are full of twists and turns. And one of the greatest plot twists is, who is actually running, though? <laughs> who is actually declared that they're running for the presidency on the Republican side? I can only think of three candidates off the top of my head. And one of them haven't even actually declared that they're running for the presidency. Like, Dad, think about it, bro. Like, Joe Biden has said that he's running for office again. And truth be told, I didn't want him to. I thought dude should have just stopped at one term. I think if he would have stopped as a one-term president, dude would have went down as one of the greatest presidents in American history. However, I'll be interested in seeing what a second term of Joe Biden is going to be. Because if the second term is anything like the first term, oh, boy. <laughs> We about to get a lot of stuff because Joe Biden been out here just giving away stuff. Like, what the kids want? Damn it. Let them have it. I don't care. <laughs> we might mess around and get reparations under Joe Biden like dead ass. Yeah, that's a possibility. Student loan forgiveness is definitely going to happen if he gets a second term. So, look, I didn't want the man to run, but look, I kind of want to see what the second term is going to be like because dude out here giving away the farm. And looking at these candidates, dog, it, it's going to be a second term for Joe Biden, bro. Like, dude just may walk to the presidency. Like, I honestly think that dude wasn't going to run for office until he saw the lineup of Republican candidates. He's like, oh, man, hell. <laughs> this is a sure thing. Keep the party going. Like, dead ass. <laughs> I think dude was ready to step aside until he saw what the Republicans was running. But on the Republican side, seriously, I had to look up who was actually running for president. So the only people I can find that are running for president that has actually declared are Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Vivek uh, Ramache, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, and Asa Hutchinson, right, from, um, I think he's from Arkansas. Right, those are the only four people who have declared that they are running for the presidency on the Republican side. Four, as of now, four, only four. Now, people who are like doing soft declarations, like they're going to run, is the homie Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Chris Sununu. The homie Tim, <laughs> the homie Tim Scott from South Carolina, Glenn Youngkin, Christy Nome, the homie Liz Cheney, John Bolton, <laughs> and Chris Christie. Now, out of this fragger dagger group of would-bees, 95% of these have been tarnished. By Donald Trump. They're connected to Donald Trump. 
Now, why is that important? Because it's going to be impossible to make distance between Donald Trump because he's a front runner when you was under him. The rebuttal for Donald Trump is like, look, man, all them folks loved me when they was eating off of me. But now they're going to bite the hand that feeds them. Like, seriously, that is the problem that any of these Republicans have. Like, seriously, them folks been copying Trump's get down, like, eating off of them. Only thing Trump has to do is hit them with the finesse two-time defense. It's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. <laughs> like, it's going to be hard for them to shake away that Donald Trump stench. It's stinking, bro. Like, he has his support of a base of people, which, look, I'm going to go back to the Hillary Clinton deplorables. Like, these folks are getting deplorable. Did you see that CNN town hall? When um they asked him about the um the libel case he had against E. Jean Carroll, and he was just, like, literally slandering her on stage and making jokes about sexual abuse, and everybody in the crowd was laughing. Yeah, bro, if that, that ain't deplorable, I don't know what it is. Like, seriously, that is the problem that any of these Republicans have. Like, most of them. H.L. Hutchinson doesn't have that. Asa. Asa Hutchinson doesn't have that problem because he actually stood against Trump. Liz Cheney does not have that problem because she stood against Trump. Now, Nikki Haley is actually in a trick bag situation where she can actually say she put distance because she did it with Charlottesville uh, and she distanced herself a lot of times and she got out early. Like, seriously, I, I don't know what to say about this lot of candidates. Like, seriously, right now, the presumptive front runner is Donald Trump. Who was a convicted sex abuser. <laughs> It is not funny whatsoever, but the front runner for the Republican Party is a convicted sex abuser. What the court found guilty of sexual abuse. That's the front runner. That's the guy. That's the guy leading the party of family values. The guy who pay off porn stars to shut up and sexually abuse women grabbing them by their pussy. That's the guy right now who is the front runner. And everybody else in the camp has damn near been around the guy or in the administration. It is a bad look, people. A real bad look for the Republican Party. Like, seriously, who else? Who? I mean, the only rational choice is have to be Liz Cheney and Nikki Haley, right? Like, look, I told y'all in a previous podcast, man, that look, look, you didn't want to mess with Liz Cheney, bro. Like, that was the worst thing that could happen, man. Trump made a bitter enemy, man. Do you know who her daddy is? <laughs> Yo, Papa Dick wasn't going for that dog. Like this, this is gonna be bad for Trump if she actually decides to run. But if she decides to run, she could do it. She could down there win. Like that, that ass, Nikki Haley and Liz Cheney, I think could win. Mike Pence, nah, bro. Like, look, look. If you're not gonna come out here and, and forcefully be like, "Yo, dog, I I don't like Trump. He's some bull, some garbage." You ain't gonna get the nomination. And if you do do that, then it's gonna be like, "Why did you stick around?" And I guess you can make that I was the adult in the room scenario, and it could have been worse argument. 
but it got worse and they almost got you killed. And it took you a long time to testify. Ron DeSantis, look, man, dude out. It's over, bro. Like, dude tore his draws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told y'all, Bob, I can play no game, man. Play no games. Like, last we left our hero, Ron DeSantis, he was taking Disney to war. And Disney's like, oh, word? Bombs away. <laughs> Bombs away. Like, on the day, I think, like, what, two weeks ago, Disney had a gay pride parade there, soaring up support from their gay and trans base. And then last week, they pulled a billion-dollar contract from the state of Florida. A billion dollars going to bring 2,000 jobs to Florida, high-paying jobs, all because of Ron DeSantis. Bro, you're done in this town, dog. Like, Ron DeSantis is... is a case of not keeping your eye on the prize. And he was trying to do this soft, this soft declaration type-ish and not really say he was running so he can kind of try to test the waters and the base. So he was, like, really depending on this culture war-ish to propel him to the top. But, like, I keep telling y'all, man, you can't govern based on culture war shit. Culture war stuff is just based... It's basically for you to say, rah, rah, look at me. But you can't make legislation based on culture war. It doesn't work. It literally doesn't work. It's not fundamental because the bitter truth is even the people who are here supporting the culture war ish, they don't want legislation, right? Which goes to the other third world that's going to kill the Republican Party. Abortion. Like, yo, bro, it, you nominated these conservative judges out of spite because you wanted to win. But now I keep telling y'all, since they actually figured out what's going to happen, if abortion is banned, everybody's like, nah, bro, we can't do this. Mm-mm, nah. Even if it happens, it's going to be an uprising, upheaval from conservatives, too. I keep telling y'all, look, it was never meant to be applied in application in real life. It wasn't meant to be that. It was supposed to be a litmus test, a virtue signal, but it was never supposed to go into effect. So, like, as I look up the NPR's, like, rundown of potential, like, candidates, let, let me just, just, just read what they say about them. Like, here we go. Donald Trump, former president, 76. The former president has a stronghold within a significant portion of the GOP base, but chaos and controversy surrounds him. They don't say. Once again, dog, it's over this guy. He's not going to win again. He is not going to win. Look, the man is a sex abuser, a sex offender. The man got like 20 women credibly accusing him of rape. Them Bill Cosby numbers, bruh. Them R. Kelly numbers, bro. Like, this guy ain't going to win a general election. It's over. Like, you can keep on letting this man be, like, part of the Republican base, man, but he's going to be y'all guys' demise. Like, dead ass. Because the truth of the matter is, I keep telling everybody, everybody think I'm a super liberal, progressive guy, but honestly, I'm not. In application, I'm really a moderate Republican, much like Obama. When you look at Obama on paper, dude was a moderate Republican. Me and Obama kind of in the same camp, dog. It's a lot of, like, traditional... GOP principles that I can rock with. But once again, people like me in the middle, you're going to lose them when you put this guy up who just, man, had to pay $5 million because he out here uh, slandering women. <laughs> and got other charges going up against him, though. He's tarnished goods. Ain't no way in hell the country going to vote for this guy. He's not running for president. He's running from the law. Dead ass. 
Then you got Nikki Haley. And what they say about her is former South Carolina governor, 51. Haley was the first candidate to challenge Trump, but she's not very well known nationally. See, I would disagree. I think Nikki Haley has a big national profile. I really do. I think Nikki Haley's Achilles heel is being connected to Trump and it's going to be the abortion for her. Like dead ass. Like her being pro-abortion, I think it's going to be her outdoing when it comes to like the middle of the road Americans. Vivek, Vivek, I cannot say this guy's last name. Vivek R, entrepreneur, 37 years old, a young former tech and finance CEO. He has a niche following, but not much of a national profile. Look, man, it's over this guy. Like, dead ass. Like, you a tech giant? Mm-mm. America is at this point where we, like, getting tired of tech giants. Like, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, they have killed the brand. Zuckerberg, they've killed the brand for tech people. Like, we are over the facade of the genius tech person who's going to come save us and know stuff. Nah, nah, it's over for those people. Like, the right-wing people now are leaning towards, like, tech people when traditionally they've always been against tech. I don't know what changed since Elon Musk got on that red pill. But this ain't going to fly for the rest of the country, in my opinion. Dead ass. Um, Our tech overlords have had a lot of say in what we do and how we control, like, media and, and the conversation around anything. So, no, I don't think his, he's going to make it. Like, you're out of this. Agent Hutchison, former Arkansas governor, 72. Hutchison is a conservative governor from the South who is opposed to Trump, but isn't clear there is an appetite for Hutchison's brand of politics within the MAGA base. Asa Hutchison? Yeah, I could rock with Asa. Asa is not bad, man. He is a practical governor and, and a good pick. Like, if he makes it out the primary, he can win. Dead ass. Now, Ron DeSantis, I already told you why the dude ain't going to win. He ain't going to win, dog. You mess with the wrong guy. You mess with Bob Iger. <laughs> you look, man. Should have just stuck to Florida, bro. Like, dead ass. You should have stuck to Florida. Mike Pence, I told y'all why he ain't going to win. Too close to Trump. Chris Sununu. New Hampshire governor. 48. So Nunu will try to carve out a moderate anti-Trump lane, but his social moderate views are out of step with a large portion of the GOP base. Now here's the thing about Chris Nunu. Chris Nunu is really a Democrat. Dead ass. He's a moderate or conservative Democrat or a moderate Republican. And in any regular primary, Chris Nunu will actually have a chance. Like dead ass. But the problem with Chris Nunu is he doesn't have a profile. Like, people know him, but I don't know. As a sleeper, Chris Nunu might can win. Then we got the homie, Tim Scott, South Carolina Senator, 57. <laughs> but this is the first thing the NPR says about his profile. Scott is black. <laughs> Seriously, Tim Scott, South Carolina Senator, 57. Scott is black from a key early GOP primary state and a potentially formidable candidate. 
his national profile is lacking, though, and that will take time and money to build. So here's the thing about Tim Scott. I think Tim Scott could actually be a, a viable candidate in the GOP with white folks. <laughs> like dead ass, man. You can't start off, he's black. Like, one thing y'all white folks got to know about us, dog. Like, dead ass. We don't just be supporting people because they black. We don't. When it comes to politics. Now, when it comes to, like, black protectionism, oh, yeah, we'll do that. But, like, voting for black folks because they black? Mm-mm. No, doubt. Like, check out how many black folks voted for Kanye West. But like, we just ain't going to vote for anything. We're going to ask your policies, dog. You're going to have to pass the sniff test. So, like, putting... He's black. The hell that mean, dog? <laughs> We're good for him. Like, look, like, look, him being black, we'll get some black people to look at him nationwide. But yeah, just don't don't fall on that. That shouldn't be the first thing you put in PR. Case and point. Herschel Walker. <laughs> Nobody was falling for Herschel Walker, man, because he's black. Like, nah, nah, he got all the white support. Like, it wasn't no black folks out there. Voting for Herschel Walker. Not saying Tim Scott is Herschel Walker. He is way better than that. And he is a good viable candidate. But I'm just saying, don't, don't lean on the blacks, man. Y'all, y'all be like downplaying the significance of the black vote. Well, they black. Just give them something black. And blah, blah, blah. Nah, dog. It doesn't work that way, dude. Only for OJ and John Morant. And we're going to talk about John Morant later. But honestly, with OJ and John Morant, in public, people defended him, but in private, we always like, man, OJ fucking up. And the same thing with John Morant. Like in private, if you ask a black person about John Morant, they'll probably say the same thing. Just putting that out there. Glenn Youngkin, Virginia governor, 56. Youngkin is wealthy and was able to win in a state that has trended Democratic, but he's not well known for a dynamic speaker. Um, yeah, Glenn Youngkin is about as entertaining as the bag of potatoes. Don't see him actually breaking through. Christy Nome actually has a chance. And Christy Nome's a South Dakota governor, 51. Nome is well-liked among many conservatives, but she comes from a small state, which has meant lower name recognition. And I will say that's a feature, not a book. Like, Christy Nome has a chance to reinvent herself. Like dead ass. So does Glenn Youngkin to a point, but like I said, Glenn Youngkin is kind of like Ron DeSantis. Uninteresting as hell. Like Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, Glenn Youngkin, they 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 are boring, bro. They're boring as hell. And modern politics now has become a popularity contest. And if you can't make people like it, now you you out. Next is Liz Cheney, former Wyoming Congresswoman. 56 years old, Cheney's big potential strength might be her ability to take on Trump on a debate stage. I totally agree. But her intense opposition to him makes it difficult to see how she could gain enough support. And I disagree with that, man. Like, she lost Wyoming. Here's the thing about Wyoming. Like, Wyoming ain't got nobody there. It's a small-ass state. I'm not, like, disparaging the great state of Wyoming and saying it's not a great state, but yeah, y'all know. Don't know nobody live in Wyoming. Like, that's Cheney country, too. And she got kicked out there. But I would say that was a backlash to her opposition against Trump. But now the climate has changed. 
Like, she can come back now being against Trump and taking Trump to task and probably win this jump. Like, dead ass. If she finds a way to squeak through the primary, she can win the election. Like, I personally would vote for Liz Cheney over Joe Biden. Dead ass. John Bowden. <laughs> Former National Security Advisor, 74. Bowden's expertise is in foreign policy, and he's likely eager to take on Trump on the subject, but GOP voters may be turned off given that he has made enemies in the Republican Party, notably with his former boss. John Bowden was one of the guys that stood up to Trump, but it's over for that guy. Like, dead ass. Chris Christie is over that guy. <laughs> Chris Christie, you're done in this town, buddy. But that's who's running for president on the Republican side, if you didn't know. And if you didn't know, it's cool, because I didn't know either. But let me tell you something, buddy. Out of all these people I just said, only four of them had declared. Now, these other guys will declare, and look, I was wrong on this one. I thought they would have been them put their um, hat in the ring by now. I thought they were going to do that in April. But, yeah, we'll see how this shakes out. But get your popcorn ready, guys. This is going to be a fun one. Yo, check out the new single, Irony, now available on any digital streaming providers. God, just let me kill one. I pay you back in good deeds. Oh, please, just let me see good leads. The black of the berry, the black of the berry. Yeah. The blue of the eyes, the ear of the Aryans. Shotgun carrying, no to the pond. Just look up no DJ L Spade. Spotify, Apple Music. It doesn't matter. YouTube, go listen to it. Appreciate it. Peace. Alright, so here's my thing about John Moran. For those of y'all don't know, John Morant got caught again on Instagram Live, this time waving the gun around while rapping lyrics to NBA Youngboy on the Instagram Lives. Now, he was not on his own Instagram Live this time. His friend was taping him, and instantly when they saw the gun come out, his friend put the camera down, <laughs> right? So this was not John Morant's Instagram. He wasn't taping himself. But his friend was taping him live in a public place. And yeah, he was rapping a song with a gun. Look, man, I ain't gonna spend too much time on this. By now, y'all done heard everybody's take on this. The pundits done been pontificating. And you probably done formed your opinion about this. Now, here, this is what I gotta say about this. This is my two cents. The first time this happened, I made a post on social media and saying, like, man. Memphis, are we going to ride with John Moran on this? And it was overwhelmingly, yes, we're going to ride for Ja. Yeah, we're going to do this. Now, the second time, I made a post when this happened like a week ago. I was like, hey, Memphis, are we still riding with John Morant? And the replies came back, yeah, I'm riding with John Morant. And arguments were made like this was a Second Amendment issue and People start posting pictures of Chris Kamen and saying stuff about, like, yo, gun culture and riding for Ja. And, and look, I put it like this. When Kanye West said slavery was a choice, I came out publicly and said, hey, man, that is damaging to the black community and we should say something. Instantly, the backlash 
from a lot of my friends was, you should know what Kanye meant. Slavery was a choice. If there's a plantation with 100 slaves and one slave master and 10 workers, those 100 should be able to take over the plantation. That seems like a choice to me. And I had to explain to them that that was stupid. That was dumb. First, you're assuming that these folks had access to guns and tools. Second, you're assuming they could speak the same language and they had plans. Third, you're assuming that they knew the terrain they were in. Fourth, it, you're pretending like there wasn't a whole system to round up illegal slaves and runaway slaves and possibly get killed, right? So if they would have did that and took over the plantation, guess who was coming? The sheriff department. And I specifically said sheriff department because look at the history of sheriff departments. They were runaway slave brigades to round them up. So it was a whole system made to keep these people down. And fifth, if they managed to do all these miraculous feats, overcome all these odds, where are they going to get a boat to go back to Africa and navigate that terrain and get the food and supplies? So the whole notion of slavery being a choice and those prisoners being like the blame for their own incarceration and the injustice done to them, which is stupid. Then dude came out here and said, he's going DEFCON 3 on the Jews. And I came out here again, vehemently, like, look, man, this cannot stand. This is anti-Semitic. This is a problem. We all need to address that. He started losing sponsorships. I was like, yeah, I can understand that, man, because dude is out here going crazy. People like, Marcus, you tripping. Pretend like I was dancing soft shoe for the white man and didn't want to support the black man. And then the man came out with the White Lives Matter and started having dinner with Nazis and everybody was like, whoa, oh my God, what was the signs? Why didn't we see this coming? I see patterns of irrational behavior with certain famous black people that the black community as a whole let slide. Like, I saw it with R. Kelly. I saw it with Bill Cosby. I see it now with John Morant. I keep on saying we have to be able to call out our own. If we can't call out our own, how do we expect white people to call out their own? Right? And I get it. We feel like we got to protect these famous black people because the world comes down on black people and it's hard on us. I get it. But when they do something wrong, we should have the power to say, hey, man, this is wrong and not ride with it. Because the thing with John Morant, dude, is if John Morant, I put like this out. I'm 40. John Morant is like, what, like 23? I'm old enough to be John Morant's daddy. Like, if I had him early, 17, 18, I'm old enough to be that man's daddy. And if I was that man's daddy or uncle or somebody close to him and I saw that behavior, I'd be like, hey, man, are you okay? What's going on? Like, that's not normal behavior, bro. To be a young man who got caught up with something similar to this not four months ago and now do the same behavior. Nobody rational who cared about that boy would let that slide. If your son or daughter did that, you would pull them off to the side and be like, hey, bro, this ain't cool. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? Are you all right? 
Why are you doing this? Because you don't have to do this. Is something going on? Are your mentals okay? Do you need to talk about it? That's what you would be doing. But what I've been seeing, not from everybody, but from a lot of people, is making excuses for this young man. Making it a Second Amendment issue. Like, dude, not once has John Morant came out here to a Second Amendment rally or protest for gun rights. That's not what it was. This is a young man being self-destructive. And we should be able to say that. Now, should we guard him, make sure the punishment is not like overreaching? Yes. But we still should be able to be like, hey, bro, you tripping. And what really kills me is everybody protecting this guy instead of trying to get the man the help he needs. Like, y'all should be advocating that this man go get some more help. Like, like it was so, so telling that the Memphis Grizzlies, when the first time dude had the little baby pistol out there in the strip club with his shirt off, right? And he got suspended for nine days for a conduct detrimental for the team and they couldn't find anything illegal. They don't know where the gun came by because he didn't snitch. Shout out to Ja for that. And he took personal responsibility. They put that man in counseling for nine days, dog. Nine days. Then gave him a BS interview with Jalen Rose, a fluff piece, where dude said, I take responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really account for nothing. I take responsibility and I've learned which was an obvious push to get this man back out here. It was just about getting this man back here to generate money. The Grizzlies needed the man. The NBA needed the man. Nike needed the man. It's like, look, bro, we're going to get this man out here to get this money coming out. It was obvious. It was a money grab. Like Nobody really cared about the boy. And I'm seeing that here now. And I'm calling him the boy because he's doing boy-like behavior. This ain't what grown men do or rational grown men in this position. They don't act this way, dog. And once again, what he did wasn't illegal, but, but it's not conduct becoming somebody of his stature. And here's the thing. Honest to God, truth. This John Morant choice, what he want to do? Like, do want to throw his life away and do this dumb stuff? He can do it. It's his choice. But we should be able to call it out and be like, hey, man, this is stupid, bro. This is dumb. You shouldn't be doing this. And this is why you shouldn't be doing this. But what really hurt me about this, look, everybody protecting this guy. Like, dude, you can be an explosive, good basketball player. And I'm not saying he should never play basketball again. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm saying he's doing something stupid. And that was the whole thing. People were like, what did he do illegal? Why should he not be suspended? He didn't do anything illegal. No, he did nothing illegal, but he did something dumb, stupid. And my fear is he's going to do something stupid and lose his life. The one thing about Memphis, dog, I'm from the city. I'm in the city right now. The city will bring it out of you, dog. Like, you can only play gangster so long before somebody tries you. And I'm speaking from a level of experience when I say this, dog. Like, everybody in Memphis, especially if you're in the city, you have a chance to prove how gangster you are. You don't get to choose when <laughs> if you're in that area. What I had to learn was, look, man, don't put myself in those positions. Like, dead ass, I was doing behavior similar to John Morant when I was young. 
And just like I'm saying right now, I had an old head put me to the side like, bro, you're only going to play tough for so long before you're going to have to prove it. Somebody's going to try you, dog. You can't be out here flashing the gun and think that you're always going to get off scot-free. You're not. You can't be out here running up on people in the mall and think somebody ain't going to try you. Like, the only reason dude ain't got folded up, in my honest opinion, is because you're John Morant. If you wasn't John Morant, dog, you're getting passes because your job, bro. But the city can switch on you super quick, dog. Because the game don't love nobody. <laughs> and the game got rules. God forbid something happens to John Morant. Y'all going to be out here be like, what's the signs? Why didn't nobody stop him? Why? How do we miss the signals when all the signals are in your face right now? And for those of y'all who was trying to make this a Second Amendment issue, bro, stop. Stop. Context matters, guys. Context matters. If you're saying, hey, man, I see white folks with AKs on Christmas cards and taking pictures with guns and Bibles and nothing happened to them. Yeah. Sure. Was this a Christmas card or was this him with a Bible? No, it was him just rapping, showing the gun. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If he was on his own property and not in public doing such. If somebody comes in right now rapping with a gun in public, y'all going to feel super uncomfortable. Y'all not going to be saying, oh, look at that white guy with a gun over there, man, singing a Limp biscuit. <laughs> he must be a Second Amendment advocate. Y'all not going to say that, dog. So I make that argument here. But if you saw a white dude in a car listening to country music with a rifle, would you think that's cool? You wouldn't. Context matter. Would you go to your office or your work party with a pistol singing? No, you wouldn't. Context matter. With your job right now, like to see you in multiple pictures, singing opera with a gun. Probably wouldn't. Context matters. Wasn't a Second Amendment rally. Wasn't him making a point or saying what he was doing, trying to make a point. Maybe it's just philosophical think piece, but y'all doing this after the fact, dog. I'm a strong 2A proponent, and I feel like it's your right to have a gun. But people who are strong 2A supporters, and ride for gun rights. You know what we don't do? We don't go around flashing our guns willy-nilly. That's not responsible gun ownership. Not responsible. Singing NBA young boy and flashing the gun around, ain't the that ain't the time, buddy. That ain't the time. <laughs> right? You're using the gun as a fashion accessory to signal something. And what are you trying to signal, Ja? Like, if I'm at one of you guys' house, one of my friends, you invite me to your house, and one of my favorite songs come on, and I pull out the gun and start rapping, y'all gonna be like, dude, no. Bro, get out. Technically not illegal. <laughs> but that behavior would not stand. And after this happened, the Memphis Grizzlies suspended John Moran. I don't know really what you suspended him from. It's not like the league <laughs> is having any games right now. They're out. They're gone fishing anyway. But like, it's this knee-jerk reaction. The Grizzlies suspended him, and everybody felt like they had to put their capes on for Ja. And what I'm saying is, 
putting our capes on for Ja also has to include us saying, yo, Ja, you tripping. You might need to go get some help. Calm down. Sit down. Because I say this, man, like, it ain't guaranteed that the next time dude do this, that something bad don't happen. Because I guess it's true. And I'm living, I'm a living witness to this. God looks at the babies and fools. But don't test it. I want to say thank you to everybody who's rocking with the Common Knowledge Podcast. Yo, every once in a while you do a podcast and you hear a story and you really connect with it. And like you want to go beyond just talking about it. And me being in activism and everything last year, one of the man causes I got personally invested in was bringing Brittany Griner home. Two-time Olympian, WNBA all-star Brittany Griner home from Russia because she was being used as a political pawn by the Russian government because they were mad at America sending funds to Ukraine and they was about to give her a hard time. Over a gram of hashish oil or fake almost weed, vape oil, they were going to give her nine years, which if you look at the research, the average person, first time offender, usually gets probation or three years. They was giving her nine years hard labor in a penal colony. And because I'm pro-American and pro-American, I ride for American rights. I wrote my congressperson. I did multiple podcasts. I made posts on the social every other week talking about this issue because it was near and dear to my heart. Like I, I was out here sounding the alarm, talking to anybody I could about the release of Ms. Griner. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that I moved the needle, but it was a cause near and dear to my heart. And when Ms. Griner was released, man, I, bro, I was happy. Dead ass. Like, here is a lady who protested against America, enjoyed the rights and privileges of protesting against America, which is a tenet of being an American that we all have, protested during her job and protested against America and America still went back and got her. That is a galvanizing symbol and I thought it was great and it did my heart well. Seriously, felt like we accomplished something as a nation. But it was funny. It's very funny. During that time, I was really advocating for the release of Miss Griner. Paul Wheeling came up. And if you don't know who Paul Willen is, Paul Willen was a contractor that went to Russia who got locked up for spying on Russia during the Trump administration, may I add. Mr. Whelan's family advocated multiple times to the Trump administration to, to intervene to get Paul released from Russia and Donald Trump himself said that, hey man, him and Putin are close. He's cool and Putin pretty much does what he says, but not once did the Trump administration advocate to get Mr. Whelan out. But, but, but when deals were made to try to get Brittany Griner home, the counterpoint that was thrown in my face was this Marine Paul Whelan, how dare us get Miss Griner out and we don't get the Marine Paul Willen, who served the country out. We getting Brittany Griner, the lesbian who broke the law. Like, Paul Willen didn't break the law, by the way. He broke spying laws. That's why he got locked up. 
but we got to get the American Paul Willen out. The American who also has citizenship to four other countries. That's right. A lot of y'all don't know that he has citizenship to Canada, Ireland, United Kingdom. Not, not just exclusively American like Brittany Griner. And none of those other four countries advocated for his release either. So it kind of makes you think it's maybe something else going on, right? But no, we can't advocate for Brittany Griner because that guy was supposed to get out first. A gram of fake weed, nine years, spying, 15 years. I, I don't know. I think spying is a little bit heavier than um, fake weed. But you be the judge. But that was thrown in my face. Like, how can you advocate Miss Griner be released? Brittany Griner, she didn't like America. She protested. How can you advocate she be released while there's a Marine locked up? We should be getting the Marine out. And my reply to that was, why don't we get them both out, doubt? Can we walk into bubblegum? Why does it have to be an either or? Let's get all the Americans out we can get. All of them. There was a prisoner exchange for the merchant of death, Victor Bort, which most people didn't even know who the damn hell Victor Bort was. They didn't know who he was, didn't care, but that was used. Like, oh my God, they're trading Victor Bort, the washed up arms dealer that nobody really knows about. They already got locked up. We're trading him. For Brittany Griner, it doesn't seem fair. We should be trading the Marine. The Marine that did what? There was a contractor. Yeah, I didn't know what Paul Willen was doing. You don't know what his job was over there, but Marine Paul Willen, who we should have been trading for. And here's the thing. Once again, I said bring them both home. But I find it funny. Odd. That in the last three months, I haven't seen none of y'all. None of you people who was talking about me all the time I invested in getting Brittany Griner home or advocating to get Brittany Griner home because I didn't do it. The Biden administration did it. But all that advocating I did publicly and everybody's smacking me down. I don't see none of you people who was criticizing me posting not one damn time about Paul Wheeling. I don't see no news outlets out here still bringing awareness to the plight of Paul Wheeling. I don't see none of these conservative websites. I don't see Fox News running 24-hour reports about, hey, this is the plight of Paul Willen. What are we going to do? I don't see none of y'all doing nothing. Nothing. No CNN, no MSNBC. Everybody stopped caring about Paul Willen. It's almost like y'all didn't really care. It's almost like all y'all wanted to say was, I don't like Brittany Griner. I don't like what she stood for, stood for, or in this case, kneeled for. It's almost like y'all was trying to say, Marcus, you're stupid for trying to advocate for this woman's belief. I don't really give a damn about Paul. I just want to tell you, Marcus, that you stupid, and I don't like what you're standing for. That's what it seems like, because I don't see none of y'all posting about Paul Willing. Man still locked up, still needs to be brought home. So here's my thing, dog. Like, I'm still pro-American. I'm still pro-Americans. And even though this man got citizenship to other countries and done work with other countries like Canada, the UK, Ireland, you know, cool. If Paul Wienland is going to be under the American umbrella, I still believe that American life is worth bargaining for and worth bringing home. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and doing something you guys won't do. I'm taking up the cause for Paul Wheeling. 
That's right. I'm writing my congressman, my congressperson. I'm signing petitions and I'm going to do podcasts for Paul Whelan, just like I did for Miss Griner. Something you guys ain't doing. So maybe I can help bring awareness to the plight of Paul Whelan because you guys ain't going to do it. And if you want to do it, please come on, hop on board. Like, seriously. You can find your congressperson to write to them. Like, it's a great website that I always go to is www.house.gov slash representative slash find your dash representative. You can plug your zip code in there. They'll tell you who your congressperson is in both houses. Write them. Write them a letter like I'm doing. Asking that they do something about the plight of Paul Willing. There's a petition, a petition on change.org. You can sign and give some money to do that. I'm doing it. Let's get Paul home because it was so important to you guys when the Olympic lesbian locked up for fake weed was getting released. He was so important to you guys. I'm going to need y'all to stand on that. It's going to bring Paul home. And that's the Common Knowledge Podcast. I'm trying to update this thing when I can. Thank you guys for rocking with me. Right now, I want to give a special thanks to like all my friends who've been helping me out. I know y'all don't want me to call y'all names, but I'm going to call your names anyway. Those I don't forget, charge to the head, not the heart. I want to say thank you to my homie, homie Zinab. Thank you. You know what you did. Appreciate the support. My homie, Lex Caliber, Alex Hunter. Love you, brother man. Yo, Chop, love you. Scott, Jules, Daniel, Brandon, Jennifer, Archie. Lionel, Stu, Francisco, uh, the homie Ian, Zach Baranski, the whole Baranski family, all you guys who've been helping me out during this hard time. Thank you. Even my American friends, man, shout out to y'all too for just helping me out. I greatly appreciate it, man. Like, let's do this damn thing. <laughs> if I forgot you charge to the head, not the heart. I'm out.